What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Check it out now. Uh, No doubt now. Thursday morning, December 1st, 2022 is the Beating the Book Podcast Megapod for week number 13. I got that number right. Week 13 in the National Football League. It is December. Man, six weeks left of regular season action. It's Gil Alexander. That's the voice of Jeff Parlay, VEASAN host, staple on this show in the studio right by me. Hello, Jeffrey. How you doing, man? You good? I'm good. I think we're tied now, by the way. I, I, uh, a, a glacial moving comeback by me. Well, after a 20 and seven start, I believe I've gone one and eight the last three weeks. That'll, that'll happen. Um, with a one and eight performance. And then from his mom's cork attic in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, wearing a yins or yellow sweatshirt. It is the very svelte Todd Wishnev, everybody. How you doing, Toddy? Hey, hey. Very energetic, Todd. This guy. All right. <laughs> and our rotating guest for the week, uh, someone who uh, Todd was very rude to a couple years ago on this show, and it sparked oh. much debate. Um, yeah. pa- Unbelievable. Oh. I wasn't rude to anyone. And let it be stricken from the record. Please edit that out. Gil Ice is off his rocker already. Thank you. OG in uh, OG. sports betting. Uh, using predictive algorithms to uh, to f- to determine the results or to predict the results, I should say, sporting events. The great Dr. Bob. Bob stole everybody. S-T-O-L-L. How you doing, Bob? Doing all right. Todd, you were not rude to me. I don't even know what he's talking about. Bob just has to say that, Todd. We all know that. He's just being polite. Okay. Gilly has a penchant for a, a small streak of mischievousness. <laughs> so. What? I don't know what you're talking about. Bob, thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. It's good to see you. We never get to see you, so it's good to see you. Very clear camera. Well done. Yeah, new computer. New computer. Nice. Bob comes to us from uh, Colorado. Is Deion Sanders going to be the coach of Colorado? I hope so. I don't know. Either there or Cincinnati, right? What do you say, Bob? You should take the uh, South Florida job. Oh, that's the one he should take. Yeah. It's the least pressure of the three that he's been uh, rumored to be looking for. Now, all the talent they have in, in in the Florida market, which he knows. Yeah, well, it, the one thing that is interesting about him is, that, of course, he will make the announcement either to overshadow the final rankings or the portal day on Monday. <laughs> yeah. he'll put, he'll, they'll actually put the hats on the table like he's yeah, a recruit, actually. That's right. He's got to have all the attention. All right, week 13 in the NFL. Um, a couple things here before we get into our best bets. 
dumbbell of the week. Okay, I'm going off the board this week. Please. Josh McDaniels pitched the perfect game of making every wrong decision and got away with it. It's amazing. It is incredible that he did everything possibly wrong and the Raiders still won the game. And they got a premature whistle. Correct. And they got a lucky break on the Jacobs fumble that they yeah. called that he, he forward progress would be as terrible call. But let's just start. It was all in the second half. Everything McDaniels did wrong. Fourth down and one at the seven. Kicks okay. a field goal. Kicks the field goal. <laughs> I know. Okay. All right. Sure. Why not? Why not do that? Raiders then in their next possession, they 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 punt after honestly fourth and six at the plus forty-five in a game where no one's getting stops should have been a consider go for it as well. They fall start, doesn't matter. So fourth and eleven, of course, you're gonna punt. After Seattle had that great drive where Geno got strip sack fumbled, Raiders get it back. Then he decides to go for it on fourth and one in his own end. Yeah. And they run the horrible play call of Jacobs has not been stopped on a traditional run the whole game. They run the pitch play and he loses four yards. Okay. Leads to a Seattle touchdown. Leads to Seattle touchdown. Yeah. Then Raiders go down the field after Seattle took the lead at 34 27. Raiders go down the field, score a touchdown. Now, it ended up working out for him, but with a minute 54 to go in all three of your timeouts, I would have gone for two. In a game where you could not get stops, I would have gone for two and tried to win the game right there. Got away with it. All right, you get the stop, amazingly enough. With 40 seconds to go in two timeouts, in a game again, no one stopped anyone. <laughs> you play for overtime. What? How do you play for overtime when you get the ball? Yes, I know you got it at your own nine, but they haven't stopped you all day when Carr hasn't thrown the ball to them. I, it was truly remarkable. And then in overtime, no, it's my the, favorite one. The overtime, yeah, fourth and two at the plus thirty-eight. I know Carlson's awesome usually, usually, but that is an absolutely go for it because if he misses the kick, the risk reward assessment the, is yes, terrible. Yes, it's, yes. it's kind of like with Dallas where. McCarthy goes for it. They don't get it. McCarthy gets crushed for for uh, for going for it. That's an automatic go in a game where, again, you haven't gotten stops. They somehow get the stops. Jacob rips off the 86-yard run. And even though McDaniels pitched the perfect game of getting basically every in-game decision wrong, the Raiders found a way to win the game. It was game. amazing. It was incredible. It was an amazing was incre- royal I had, flush. I had, yeah. I had Seattle in-game four different times and got torpedoed somehow. I had Seattle preflop. Fourth and two at the Seattle 38 with 6-12 left in overtime. He pushes the 55-yarder, right? Seattle has a short field. All they need is a field goal. They did get the three and out. Bailed yeah. him out. No, These players bailed him out. I think that's good for Dumbbell of the Week, right? Todd, we don't need any others, do we? I think that's solid. All right. Did you have an in-game play you wanted to share with us? OG yeah, I just in-game? wanted to share a, a, a little in-game thing with you. The The Eagles game against the Packers, it was uh, the original line was 46.5 on the total. It was 13-7 to with six minutes left in the first quarter. So you got 21 minutes left in the half. And the total for the first half was over 36.5. Uh, which meant only another 16 and a half more points. I took the over 36 and a half and obviously came in. But what I get, I guess the point that I really want to make about this bet is I found, and this, this, this happens in a lot of sports where when a game is going wildly over, very often in the in game, it's better to bet that first, if, if it's happening in the first half, I mean, 
it's better to bet the first half over and not the game over because in the second half you might see massive um, adjustments and very often a huge scoring first half leads to a low scoring second half. It didn't happen in this particular Eagle game, but in general, it's something that happens a lot like in college uh, football and even in the pros, it happens a lot. So um, something to look for if you like an over that's wildly gone crazy early on, play the over in the first half on the end game rather than the full game because you might get torpedoed by the uh, adjustments by the defense in the second half. So anyways, it it was a pretty easy winner because it was pretty clear that Green Bay was going to be able to move the ball, and I knew the Eagles weren't going to get stopped. So 40 to 33, the final, well over. Yeah, that that got over in the first half or almost over in the well, first half? Well, it was 27-20 at the half. Yeah, so, so basically, over. I, yeah. it did, yeah, it did. I was way over. But then the second half almost went under, and it would have gone under had there not been that, you know, the late field goal nonsense. But very often that's something that you see when you have these huge scoring first halves in games that are going way over what they're supposed to be. There's a regression back because the teams, you know, spend the whole halftime adjusting for the second half with their defense. Update the records for us. If you will, Toddy. The records we have Gilly. He's already talked about his uh, tremendous fall off the cliff to twenty-one and fifteen. He still leads, though. He still leads. I thought I'm tied. Somehow, I thought I'm tied with Jeff. No, tied with Jeffrey. Yeah, okay. Well, that's the lead. Okay, you're tied for the lead with Jeffrey at twenty-one and fifteen. I am two games back at nineteen and seventeen. We're starting to write the ship with the teasers. You're both five and seven, and I'm three, eight, and one on the teasers. We've been having some winning weeks with the teasers lately. What about the guest chair? The guest chair is eighteen and eighteen and eight and four with the teasers. That's the most the eight and four with the teasers for the guest the chair teasers. is the most amazing thing. Also, uh, I'd have the lead that Marcus Mariota's plinko chip went down the right Dude, slot. Don't don't be giving me the <laughs> don't don't start with the if if this happened you'd have the lead. I have about eight of those. You've at least six in the, a, in the last two weeks. It's unbelievable how many games in a, in, that I've managed to lose from the jaws of victory. Now that said. I have won my share of bullshit also, right? I, I think it's the most... Bob, I'm curious. Let's just have this conversation before we get into best bets. It is my theory that the plinko nature of the NFL on the side is just getting worse. And when I say this to people, um, veteran handicappers, they say, well, no, Gil, I think you and I even had this conversation on, on text. They're like, no, you know, if you can find the percentage of games where plinko doesn't come in, maybe you're just not choosing the right games. I just feel like the that it's a higher percentage than ever before of the games that in the end, if I win or lose, it ain't me in the end. It's just how the ball bounces. I don't know if there's any data on that. I, I think there might be a little more randomness due to more coaches going for two and you feel like, oh, they shouldn't have gone for two and I lost because of they missed that two-point conversion and there's more of that. But maybe they should have gone for two and you're wrong and you should have lost the game. I think there's a lot more of that where you're losing or winning by a point because of two-point conversion decisions. I I feel there's a lot more of that because I've been on a few of those this year. That's fair. That's certainly part of it. Again, I we, feel like you've forgotten how much plinkoness there was in the past. No, I, I, the, <laughs> no, I there, was, there was there was always plinko. I mean, as the person who sort of first said that you know came up with the plinko as applied to sports betting, I, I've certainly I'm certainly aware of that. But I just feel like 
And maybe I am a prisoner of the moment, Todd. You could be right. But I just feel like it has happened in both directions. I, you know what? I think it's just because we've done a really good job of being on games that have been close to the number. Good job meaning a terrible job. You know what yeah. I mean. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. Whatever whatever way you want to phrase yeah. it. But, well, you're also, but, but, but yes, also, too, hold on, hold on a second, Todd. Um, this league, no, Jeff. What Todd has to say is more important but, than what but, you but, have but, to but, say. But, but, I want to hear what Jeffrey has but, to but, say. But, okay. but this this league is so damn even at this point. Yep. These teams are so close to each other in ability. Well, that's what it is. That's why these yep. games are are coming down to. And again, that's why the the Wong teasers getting annihilated early in the season were kind of, in retrospect, is ridiculous because this league is so. Bunched together. Well, but but it was the favorite. But it was the, it fa- was the that's favorite. Right, the favorite coming down. So it the makes under- sense. That's why we've yeah. all adjusted. We've taken the underdogs the last few weeks, and the underdogs have been coming through on teaser like People love teasers this week, though. All right, you want to start with the best bets? Let's do this. We start with the guest, as always, the great Doctor Bob, my friend Bob Soul. What is your first best bet, sir? Uh, I like the over in the Jets Vikings game. Um, Gil, who do you think? leads the NFL in quarterback success rate the last two years, minimum of four games played. Mike White played four games? He did. He's played five. Mike White. And he has the highest success rate of any quarterback in the league, 54.2, compared to Patrick Mahomes, (laughs) 53.8. Now, success rate, well, the thing about Mike White is he plays within the system. And that's all... The Jets need someone to play within the system, take the check down. They have a good defense. They don't need Zach Wilson going off script and trying to throw the ball, force the ball down the field. That hasn't worked for them. The thing about Mike White is when he's off, he's throwing three interceptions, and that could happen. But um, that's not necessarily bad for an over either. Interception is going to be returned for touchdowns. Um, So the Jets offense certainly better with Mike White. I'm not anointing them as one of the better offenses in the league, but they're certainly better with Mike White instead of Zach Wilson, who has a career success rate of 39%, by the way, which is very low. Um, Jets offense gets Corey Davis back this week. Uh, a really good compliment to Garrett Wilson. Um, when Davis is out, they've struggled offensively a little bit more. Speaking of Wilson um, and Elijah Moore, both did some damage in the slot last week. I think that's going to work again. Vikings nickelback, uh, Shannon Sullivan ranks third to last among qualifying nickelbacks and in, in yards per route run allowed in the slot. So I think that slot game is going to work. Uh, Mike White doesn't mind throwing those short passes in the slot. Um, Jets running backs uh, tend to get a lot of balls out of the backfield and probably more with White uh, as quarterback. Vikings are 30th in the league in yards per target allowed to running backs. So I, th- I think it's a good matchup for the Jets offense. Um Vikings have been playing well offensively all year. Getting Hawkinson has helped uh, has helped a little bit because Justin Jefferson now has a little more room to work. I mean, Hawkinson's taken that intermediate route in the middle, and that opens things up on the outside a little bit, and they've been going downfield a lot with Jefferson, which has been working for them. So I think both teams will be able to score here. So um, I predict for, the model predicts 49.4 points, and I think over 46 or less is a good bet. What is the total we're seeing for Bob? 44 and a half. 44 and a half. Hey, uh, Gil, mm-hmm. that's my number one play as well. Really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I was on that too, but not as my number one play, yeah. but I have. Two. Yeah. 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 Uh, that, that, that's my number one as well. The Jets offense with Mike White is, to me, at worst. Well, not at worst, but it's league average at this point. When with Zach Wilson, it was in the bottom of the, of the league. The, the Vikings defense stinks. And. 
Every point that Bob made leads me to thinking this game's going to go over. There's one other factor, too. Cleet Blakeman's crew is officiating this game. They are a high defensive pass interference, defensive holding, oh. illegal contact crew. Good knowledge. So, Sauce Gardner, as great as he's been, is a very physical corner. DJ Reed is a physical corner. The Jets are going to get called for penalties they have not been called for this year in this game, especially when trying to cover Justin Jefferson, who is just playing like Jerry Rice right now. He's been insanely good the last month. So I think this is a high-scoring game that gets aided by the fact that Minnesota's offense is, is good. The Jets' offense is now a league-average off, uh, offense as opposed to a bottom-tier offense. Minnesota's defense sucks, and the refs are going to call penalties in this game. So I, I think this is 31-20. I think this game's in the 50s. So I, I'm with Bob. I'm over 44-and-a-half here. Todd, is that one of yours? That was going to be my third one, but maybe I'll go with a different one. You don't have to. Okay, I'll, I'll decide. All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, you're up. So what did you got first? Um, I'm going to go with the New York football Giants. Oh, How many points am I getting? Oh, two, and a, two and a half. How dare you? New York football Giants plus two and a half, just simply for the mere fact that the Washington Commandos uh, have won every single game and covered, I believe, six out of seven games in a row. Am, am I correct about saying that? Let me just check that. Yeah, six game. out of seven. They've covered against at Chicago, Green Bay, at Indianapolis, won all three of those games, lost to Minnesota and pushed, and, you know, getting three, and then beat Philadelphia, beat Houston, and then beat Atlanta in a game that they could have easily lost um, and would have been nice for me had they lost. Depends uh, where you got that Washington, Minnesota, because they, they won on that line for many. Uh, yeah, depending okay. on one during the week, it depended. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that makes it even better. So that, would, that would have made them 7-0 and yeah. against the spread. It's very difficult in the National Football League to go 7-0 and against the spread. It's just the kind of league, as we were talking about earlier, that's going to go back and forth because the lines are so tight. And now you're going to ask the Redskins, I mean the Commanders, to continue in the jar. This amazing run of football, and granted, you know they have a good defense. The Taylor Heineke is better than uh, you know that other guy, and uh, and now you're asking them. You're, you're saying, okay, now you're going to go on the road and give points. Now I know the Giants have been overrated. I know the Giants did it with smoke and mirrors. I know all about the Giants. The Giants aren't good. The Giants aren't good. Home team, divisional game. I just think you're getting the two and a half points. This game has 17-16 written all over it, 20 to 18. Uh, you know, some ridiculous, you know, number like that where it gets inside the two and a half. Give me the Giants to shock the world and all the people that will be putting their money on the Commanders and my friend Gilly Ice who thinks the Commanders are going to the Super Bowl with Mark <laughs> Rippin Heineke. <laughs> I don't believe I've ever said that. Yes. This is a problem for me. My number two pick is the exact same pick that Todd oh, just had. Oh, that's happened to me last so a couple I, I, weeks ago. It's not your turn yet, Jeffrey. Yeah, I, your turn. So, so I'll, I'll just get this out of the way before you do two in a row, Gilly. Yeah. I think the wrong team is favored in this game. I know the Giants are the smoke and mirrors team. I thought this should have been Giants as the slightest of favorites in this game at home. Washington has covered all these games in a row. Uh, what are we calling interceptable balls? Are we calling them itch? Itches. Itches. Heineke is itching all over the place recently. 
It just basically feels like it's the good vibe Carson Wentz where the turnovers just aren't happening. That's uh, Bob, that's uh, inter- interceptions that should have happened. I-T-S-H, itches. So you're scoring it all. I, I, I think I think Heineke is going to have one of these games. It's coming. It may not come this week, but I the fact that I'm on the Giants, my hope is it comes this week where Heineke's throwing two, three interceptions on balls that should have been picked the last month plus. I mean, five weeks ago, this team was an underdog to freaking Sam Ellinger. I mean, come on now. It's it, it's been a little bit of a charmed run for Washington. Now, Washington plays the Giants. This is a weird scheduling quirk. Remember this, yes, Kelly? Yes, I was going to bring this up. At, at the Giants by week, and then they get the Giants and Landover in two so, weeks. So if Washington wins this game, oh boy, huge advantage yes, for the, Washington. The, if Washington wins this game, yeah. the Washington Commanders are going to make the playoffs. Yes, indeed. If they lose this game, then that game in two weeks is of the utmost importance for both teams. But I, I think the wrong team's favorite here. I'm going to take the Giants plus two and a half, and the fact that Todd and I have agreed on two is very alarming so far. Very alarming. Yeah. Um, yes. My number two pick is the Washington Commanders. Let me just start there. Okay. So before the Giants lost these last two games, let me just take you guys down analytics road. The Giants at that point were seven and two. They were five and one in games decided by seven points or fewer. Their biggest win had had uh, been by eight points. They had been outscored 131 to 123 through the first three quarters of their games, but then they would magically go plus 22 in point differential in the fourth quarter, which is top five in the league. Um, shout out to Bill Barnwell for those numbers. Also, also, Wink Martindale's defense was 26th in EPA per play outside the red zone, but then magically when they got inside the 20, they became the league's, the league's best unit. That is Ben don't break, as people like to say, but that's not sustainable. So they've allowed teams to make it to the red zone third highest rate. That was up to the up to the ninth game of the season when they were seven and two. They had allowed teams to make it to the red zone at the third highest rate of a per game basis, but then only allowed those offenses to convert thirty eight point two percent of the time. Only the Broncos were better. So basically, and we'll add to that on first and second down, the Giants had been the league's fourth worst defense by EPA per play. And then on third and fourth down, of course, then they morph into the third best defense. So, okay, one more. So despite the fact that opposing offenses had the fifth fewest yards to go to pick up on third downs, they were the third best defense at avoiding conversions. Timely turnovers as well. So the smoke and mirrors team, ladies and gentlemen, is not the Washington Commodores. It is the New York football giants. But we agree that they're the smoke and mirrors. We never said they weren't. They're both smoke and mirrors. Really what I heard more from you is the smoke and mirrors of Washington, not so much New York Giants. So we can rewind the tape. We can rewind the tape. I believe it's it's my turn. You got one number one now. I believe it's, uh, I believe I heard what I heard. Anyway, Todd is shaking his head. He's in dismay as if he didn't just knock Washington for 30 minutes. I believe it was 30 minutes. I didn't. Minutes. I just said they covered seven games in a row, and in the NFL, it just doesn't yes. happen. But you it's talked so- about how they were smoke and mirrors, not the deep dive of how smoke and mirrors the New York football giants are. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. I agree uh, I'm going to take Giants as stay. long as Washington is under three points, which they are. Yeah, they're, they're going I am the other taking the Washington football team because here's the other thing. I think they're better almost everywhere than the, the in every phase of the game than the Giants are. They're my number two play. My number one oh, play. It's going to be fun on Sunday. My number one. Yes, it is. When I'm texting you. My number one play <laughs> is going to be. Six to start it off on the Giants, landed seven and nothing. That's how his text sounds. <laughs> what? Like yeah. the old school 1940s reporter? <laughs> yeah, what was that? Why? The Hindenburg is coming. <laughs> um, okay, Seattle is seven against the Rams. Go ahead. Seven? Yeah. I'm, ta- I'm I- taking the Seahawks. I don't like laying seven points. I don't like laying seven points on the road. But the Rams have nobody. They ain't got no Matthew Stafford. They ain't got no Aaron Donald. They ain't got no Cooper Cup. Seattle, as Jeffrey laid out very nicely, should have won that game against the Raiders this past week. I actually think if you do your power rankings in the NFL, you might actually have the Seattle Seahawks still at 10. They could still be a top 10 team by some people's rankings. Uh, I'm taking the um, Seahawks. I don't really feel any need to elaborate. I I loved Bryce Perkins in college. Bet on him a lot. Um, But he's more of a guy that will beat you with the legs than he will with the arm. Um, so they have to be aware no, of that. He beats himself with the arm. Yeah, he beats himself with the arm. I, I like Seattle. I'll give the seven points. If I get beat, so be it. That's my number. I got one. a supporting trend for you, Gil. Thank you. You want to hit? Please. Hit go. Pete <laughs> uh, Carroll, off consecutive losses, and this is even when his teams were terrible, like last year, off consecutive losses, his teams are 19 and four straight up, 19 three and one against the spread since Woo. he's been the coach of the Seahawks. Whoa. It's pretty Even good. last year, when they were terrible, they'd lose <laughs> two in a row and they'd cover or win. See, I didn't even know so, that. There's yeah. a little team trend for you. Not that you ba- not that I'm basing anything on it, but it's, it's worth noting it is. That, that the Seahawks, especially after a bad defensive performance under Pete Carroll, are more than likely to turn things around after two consecutive losses. He is a great motivator. He is. And that is a motivational spot. Thank so, you, Bob. That's awesome. I like that. that. By the it way, hurt. Let's put it that way. Pete Carroll, 25 to one now to win coach of the year. Dropping though, after the last couple of uh, weeks. My, my, my only concern with Seattle at this point is have they peaked already? When you have a team and this is this game, by the way, that you just picked. I don't think so. This game that you just picked is in the running for the game I don't want anything to do with this yeah. week. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just curious because they had such low expectations going into the year, which were wrong. We were wrong on that, no doubt. But I wonder if the magic carpet ride for Geno Smith at some point crashes into the it crashes. I agree with you, so could Seattle still make the playoffs? Of course. That there are a whole bunch of teams that are very similar in that race for the six and seven seed in the NFC right now. I, I think you guys have maybe appropriately so, but I think you guys have muscle memory on Geno Smith, and, and that's more than possible. And I, and I think every time Geno <clears throat> Smith does anything bad in the game, Todd will text, "Oh, here comes Geno Smith." And by the way, he does it in that awful voice. If you put a text in voice mode, 
and then, and what I think is we forget, and I've said this a couple times before, and I really believe this. We forget there was a time in the NFL where guys held a clipboard, and I'll use it again from the Washington perspective, whether it was Mark Rippon, whether it was Stan Humphreys, whether it was Trent Green, they held clipboards for years. And you know what? After they held it for years, they were pretty awesome at quarterback. And so I think in this case, in Geno Smith's case, we, listen, would I have predicted it? No, let me not go that far. I'm not that great. But like, I don't know that we should be that surprised. Because well, what had, about their defense? Their defense is that, that's horrendous. The, that's the other concern too. That defense has <laughs> started to. They're fall playing off. Bryce Perkins I mean, though, so yeah, let's go. No, I, yeah. No, I, I, was, I, yeah. Again, this is the, the, my, mine was more a long term yeah. thing. Like they're seven point favorite. They should win the damn football game on Sunday. They should. And if they don't, then the question I just asked is going to be asked oh. pretty much by everybody. If they lose the football game. Yeah. Yes, for yeah. sure. Uh, Jeff, the only it, thing I worry about, Gil, is that. Pete Carroll, this 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 stinks of a uh, Pete Carroll over conservative offensively game. That is true. Yes, like final score twenty. We do not want to make any mistakes here. We will win this game if we don't turn the ball over. No, I think they're going to try to run the ball a lot more. Could be good. Could be bad. I mean, that has that has served Pete Carroll well up until the last couple weeks. But yes. There it's is the, always it's, that. It's Todd's turn. I already yes. burned my first two. Todd. Wait a second. McLaurin in the car. He fumbles. The Giants have it. It's 14 <laughs> nothing. Giants already. I can't believe it. Hey. <laughs> uh, sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, anyways, my <laughs> second pick. <laughs> Where on the spectrum do you think you are? I'm just curious. <laughs> Far over to the third standard <laughs> okay. deviation. Just curious. Uh, yeah. Okay. So my second pick is going to be. The Detroit Lions. I'm going to go with the Detroit Lions. How many points? Am I getting a point in that game, Jeffrey? You are, you are, you are, you are, to me, are you, you are getting you one. You are getting one. Although, getting, uh, you know, okay. it's funny. There's some uh, books that have them favored by one. But, yes, you're getting – I don't know. I'm like, going to take the Detroit – What are, what okay, are, what are I, they? I, I, in, on my screen in front of me, I'm, I'm seeing Detroit plus one. Pick, okay. Yeah. I'll take pick or one. We'll give you whatever. one. Which, we'll give you one. Okay. Detroit Lions <laughs> plus pick, one. We'll give one. I, I just think that um, something's going on over there. The the last, first of all, that Buffalo game was eminently winnable by Detroit, and not with it, it seems like not with smoke and mirrors. Like they're really not bad. They can move the ball. Their defense. I'm not saying their defense is anything great. It's not. But they that Giants game. They were down six three. They got the turnover, and then they just dominated that late first half, early second half thing where they scored and they scored again and put that game away. That's something a good team does, and that was on the road at the Giants. The Bears game, granted, they got really lucky in the Bears game. I will give them that. And then they beat Green Bay the week before that. But they hung in against Miami. The week before that at home, they were ahead of Miami in a ridiculous first half. I think the score was like 24 or 27-20. touchdowns in that game, Todd. Yeah, I mean, they, they were beating. Now, granted, before that, they had some stinkers. But in the last five games in a row, they seem to have really figured something out here. Jacksonville, I think they're maybe average slightly above average i don't know what they are i granted they they beat baltimore but what's baltimore anymore you know the raiders game okay they beat the raiders in a game the raiders gave them i don't have a lot of faith in jacksonville going on the road and playing amazing so give me the detroit lions i, I think so there's like there's like green shoots of, of something good happening in detroit green shoots what yeah you know like 
like green shoots when it's just starting to sprout. You know, something new is is starting to. You never heard the, the term green sp- green shoots? I have not. Oh, Doctor Bob, as I'm sure, has heard that. You've heard yeah, green shoots. Bill shoot, did not right? grow up on a farm. Neither did I. So I have no idea what he's talking about. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> green shoots means like you know, just like something starting to sprout over there. Todd grew up on a farm. Uh, yeah. The uh, the thing about the lions, I will say this, and this is going to be just like completely anecdotal. But they do feel like they are the team that leads the league in the most, have no reason not to win this game, and then finish with a with a with a final drive where you're left thinking that was what they came up with well, to try well, to win well, the game. Well, this week, Campbell was a was an honorable mention for the dumbbell this week with yeah. the way he managed the clock at the end of that Buffalo game. They ran an extra play in front of the two minute warning that in essence cost them the game. Oh, right. That's so right. Uh, you know, uh, Detroit. Right, but that was Buffalo. That was against Buffalo. A really no, good I, no, team. No, I, I under, look, look. Detroit, Detroit has been much better the last five weeks than they were at the beginning of this season. So, but again, when you're when you're a, when you have a, a coach that is not particularly good, you find ways to lose games. I don't they, have a better. Yeah, Jacksonville so. has found ways to lose games. They sure the have, Bob. They sure have. Uh-huh. <laughs> they sure have. Yeah, for sure. Remember Maybe the, they were a green sprout last week, though. <laughs> yeah, here's my notes on that Detroit game. Fourth green and in, shoots. Fourth and inches at the Buffalo 48, 45 seconds left. St. Brown for seven. Second and 15 at the Buffalo 47, 15-yard pass to St. Brown. Lions have all three timeouts. Waste 10 seconds, but apparently was a timeout. Lions settle for a 51-yard field goal that hooks in with 23 seconds left, and the Bills went down. So that was the thing about that. It was so funny because you and Kelly were on air, because I was talking to Kelly, and he was like, we couldn't figure out what was going on. I had the benefit of audio and couldn't figure out what was going on, which was, did Dan Campbell just decide not to use a timeout, and then because there was a replay, retroactively got one, or did he actually call it? We've not, I, I we don't still know. don't know We don't this know. moment. We don't know. Still don't know. Yeah, we don't know. All right, Bob. But you, I never thought they were going to beat Buffalo. I just thought they were going to hang in. And they did. And they did. Bob, you get a snake here. You get two and three here. Oh, look at that. Um, we were talking a little bit about the Seattle Rams game. Uh, I like the under. I took under with the Rams last week. I'm going under again. A um, couple reasons. Obviously, the Rams offense right now. Can you think of a worse offense recently? Maybe nope. 2018 Arizona Cardinals with Josh Rosen at the end of the year. Hey, don't be anti-Semitic. Uh, don't do that, Bob. Not on this show. Maybe. <laughs> yes. <sorry. laughs> um, you know, they're averaging only 16.2 points per game for the season. And now they don't have Cooper Cup, and they're at a third-string quarterback. Allen Robinson was the only other running back who was above zero in expected points added. He's out. So it's Bryce Perkins averaging 2.8 yards per pass play and three replacement-level receivers to throw to. Um, And not only are the skill positions horrible, but the Rams are last in the league in pass-blocking efficiency. So this offense, Mm. uh, no bueno. The (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> only thing that points to that helps the over at all is that Aaron Donald is out. But I already mentioned that I think this is a Pete Carroll conservative special. I think they're going to just let's not make any mistakes. Let's run the ball. Let's not, you know, throw the ball down the field too much and cause interceptions. Let's just hang on to the ball. And I, I know the Rams run defense is not going to be as good without. Donald, but it's still going to be decent. I mean, they're a good run defense. They're not going to fall apart completely without Donald. And Seattle ranks, what, 30th or 31st in success rate 
offensively running the ball. They have a lot. They had a lot of big plays early in the season uh, in the running game, but success rate is more predictive than you know the big plays. Uh, and, and they have not been able to run the ball recently because people are kind of like, oh, let's just avoid giving up the big run play. And their success rate running the ball for Seattle is not very good. I think they're going to still try to run the ball a lot, and that I don't think is going to work. Um, as far you know, the Rams have some you know some matchup, you know, good matchups in the secondary. Uh, Jalen Ramsey's still a top cornerback. He'll probably shadow uh, Metcalf. Um, Tyler Lockett obviously had a good season, but Troy Hill's a good nickel back. But I think there's some things going on that that matchup wise are going to help the Rams defense even without uh, Donald. And I think part of it is Pete Carroll playing conservatively. I don't think the Rams, even though Seattle's defense is terrible, I don't think the Rams can score more than 14 points against anybody. So uh, I like the under there. What, what, num- what number are we giving Bob there, Todd? I think it's 41, 41 right? Yeah, forty one. Yeah, yeah, I, I released it earlier in the week at forty two, but I'll, I'll go under forty one. And let's just I, I, the only way you lose is if Bryce Perkins throws uh, three picks in his own end, which theoretically could happen. But that that's yeah. that's the only way you lose. Well, the thing is about running quarterbacks; they don't throw a lot of picks, as they tend to take off and run. Right, mm-hmm. right. He didn't last week until the end of the to the end of the game where he had he to throw. It. Yeah, and let's yeah. just for people who are newish to sports betting, newish because we always have to keep that in mind. What Bob is talking about, and Bob, you'll back me up here if I say anything wrong, uh, success rate versus sort of explosive explosive backs. What, what someone who you, you always prefer in terms of predictive, uh, from a predictive angle, you prefer someone who's getting four or five yards a chunk consistently as opposed to someone who's getting one yard, two yard, one yard. We'll just make it a bizarro example. Zero yards, minus one, 74, zero, one, zero, one, because that, that sort of pollutes the predictive nature of anything. Is that correct? Generally? Oh. I couldn't. Go ahead, Jeff. Oh, well, he said yes. I guess he said yes. Okay. You're up? No, it's Bob again. Oh, no, Bob. You gotta, yeah. You're snaking, yeah. Bob. You're, you're next. Oh, all right. Um, I don't really have a great... Th- I like the Raiders. I, I used them earlier in the week in a teaser. Um, and that teaser no longer applies. So I still like the, Ra- the, the, the Raiders here. It's one of those situations where the Raiders on expected points added per play are 0.043 higher than the Chargers this year, but they're underdogs at home. And the only reason is because their record sucks. When you compare the records of the two teams, Chargers have a better record. I think that the only reason that the Chargers would be favored is because the win-loss records are so different. But on the field, the Raiders have actually played better than the Chargers this year. And if Corey Lins- Lindsley is out, Pro Bowl center for, for the Chargers, and he is in concussion protocol, only 25% of players that are in the first week of the protocol actually play. So it's likely that he's out. That makes a big difference. Herbert has been pressured uh, pressured at 2.5 seconds or less, pressured 28% of the time this year, which is a league high. When Lindsley is not in the game, that goes up to 38% pressured within the first two and a half seconds. That's not good. Um, you got Max Crosby going up against uh, the right tackle, Pipkins, who's terrible. Um, so I think Crosby's going to be in the backfield the whole time. They'll get pressure up the middle if Lindsley doesn't play. Um, and without Mike Williams, M- Mike Williams might try to play at the high ankle sprain. Probably not. And if he does play, Probably not that effective. I mean, last week, Herbert had a career low 3.8 air yards per attempt. And I think they're going to have to get rid of the ball really quickly again. So I don't think they're going to have the explosive plays down the field. I just don't think it's a 
a good matchup for the Chargers offensively with the injuries that they have. Um, now you talk about Josh Jacobs running for 200 plus yards last week. Uh, why not do that again? I mean, the Chargers are last in the league in yards per run allowed at 5.4. So Jacobs should have another good game. Uh, Derek Carr is getting more adjusted to his new receiver group after the injuries to you know some top receivers. He's starting to play better with the new guys. Uh, I think he's averaged 7.9 yards per pass play the last two weeks. So he's starting to come around with the new set of receivers that he's gotten. I just think the Raiders are at least as good as the Chargers and should be favored by a couple points. So I'll take the one and a half. There it is. One and a half or one? What is he getting? Uh, Todd, I'm, I'm seeing I'm seeing one and pick. Ten. One and pick. We'll get, yeah. we'll get you go down. Oh, yeah. Plus yeah, it's one. mostly, Sorry. it's most actually, it's mostly pick. Now. I see plus ones. You do? Oh, yeah. yeah. One thing I will, will, will say real quick, the AFC playoff race, as ridiculous as this is going to sound, the Raiders are going to have a say in it. This game here, they play New England in a few weeks. Um, obviously, they had a say in the NFC playoff race last week. That AFC chase for that seven seed, because I think Cincinnati, even with that absurdist schedule, is going to find a way in. That race for the seven seed between New England, the Jets, and and L.A. is going to be fascinating to watch the last five weeks. NFC two, by the way. Yeah, both both for sure. Todd, your final. What do you have left? You have got one left. You got one left. I was going to go with that that over forty four in the Jets Vikings. That that was what I originally wanted, but I'm going to do something different because Bob and uh, Jeff are both on that already. Um, I'm going to go with. Uh, very suspenseful. Oh, man. Very Instilling a lot of confidence in this pick. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great point. Boy, this is great. I'm going to go what? over in the you, Dolphins. You need to borrow, you need to borrow a coin, Todd? <laughs> Dolphins, Dolphins and 49ers over 46 and a half, Toddy? Yeah, that I don't like as much. But um, I'm going to go over 46 and a half in the Miami Niners game. Um, you know, Miami's been the consummate over team all year. Great offense, defense, eh, not so great. Uh, obviously, I, this could go under if the Niners shut down the Dolphins. But does anybody really shut down the Dolphins? I know that my stores, my stores had a big game on a, on a I believe it was a Sunday night down there where we held them to 16 points. We couldn't get the W, but we did hold them to 16 points in that. But um, I, you know, I just don't see a lot of people stopping Miami on offense. They're just so, you know awesome on offense um you know other than well minnesota i did did stop him but was that game with two i think was two in in the miami game i don't think he was yeah he, that was so the first game back to his first game back after the concussion was the pittsburgh game oh, okay right so two was out for that game so with Tua, miami's offense has been you know pretty outstanding all year obviously we know all about the receivers and i think that the strength of the of the niners defense is up front rather than their secondary so maybe miami can move the ball uh on the niners and i don't love the miami defense uh at all so i think the niners will move on them too so over 46 and a half you usually don't get such a low number on a on a miami game but it's you know it's due to the niners defense obviously um kansas city did score 44 points against the niners um so there have been some times atlanta scored 28 against the niners there have been some times where the, the vaunted niners defense uh, did not uh, 100% show up so let's hope that happens this week and i'm going to go over 46 and a half in the miami niners game good games in the nfl this week yes and we are stuck watching the game i'm going to take in sunday night uh 
because uh, the NFL didn't want to didn't want to change on Jerry Jones for whatever oh, reason. Brutal. So I'm going I'm going with a wish nev here. I'm going under in the Cowboys and the Colts at 44 and a half. Uh, that was almost going to yeah, do that yeah. one too. So, so, so that's that, so, so I, I look. That's uh, I, I'm sorry to steal uh, what you've done. Probably I think seven times already with the Dallas under, but Jeff Saturday was also in the running for the dumbbell with whatever the hell that was. At the end didn't of the didn't game. use his first timeout. <laughs> time till thirty seconds. I mean, left. it just was ridiculous. Which, which, by the way, we should clarify: the timeouts would have gotten used still in that time frame. It's just the fact that you rushed. Your third down play for no reason, not using it. Correct. As soon as Matt Ryan slid, it should have been an immediate timeout. Right. Should have been an immediate. Matt Ryan, timeout. who slid too early, and then after yeah. the game was like, "Yeah, you know, I didn't know. You know, I, I, you should have known where it was." He's a lucky. He's, he's not. A, you, he's not an experienced runner, Gilly. Bob, you wanted to I say think something. The thing is, you've got a thirty-something, thirty close. To, you know, old quarterback who just ran twenty-something yards. Yeah. Uh, you take a breather. Yeah. You know? yes. Yeah, definitely. It was so well, plus he was tired from the week before when he ran for 40 yards against the Raiders. That was two Remember weeks when ago, he ran Todd. Two weeks ago. Oh, well, I think he was he's recovered really in two weeks. Todd's I think like, he was tired. Even more my point then. Two weeks <laughs> Two weeks ago. Uh, all right, so under 44 and a half in Dallas and, and Indianapolis on Sunday night. Indianapolis's defense isn't completely terrible. They, they have their moments. They've been good at times this year. This feels like one of those where Dallas gets out to like a 17 nothing lead and then they just try to take the air out of the football the entire second half. And Matt Ryan will get sacked by Micah Parsons probably three times. He'll, at least one of them will knock Indianapolis out of field goal range in the Matty Ice special. Uh, so I'll go under 44 and a half in Indian Dallas. That's team my- total, by the way, team total for under in the Colts, if you can get under 17 and a half. Yeah, that's is pretty gonna, good, actually. That's that's delicious yeah, because that's you know Matty Dice is going to take some sacks. Yeah. Hmm. First all-female officiating crew for the Germany-Costa Rica yes. match coming up? Yes, that's oh, right. About that. By the way, I saw the Lukaku misses. My God. Lukaku had, oh, had two expected goals and scored zero. <laughs> I had under two, so I was very happy. You're very lucky, Toddy. All right, uh, we had I had Belgium not to advance at like plus four something, and I wish I had bet more money on it. Got home on it. <clears throat> okay, uh, I'm going to give you my third pick, and I'm going to let the hate wash over me. Before I do, let me just ask Bob a question because Aaron Schatz, our buddy over at Football Outsiders, he has the Minnesota Vikings, the nine and two Minnesota Vikings, rated twenty second in DVOA. Where yes. do you where do you have them? I'm going to have to look this up. Hold on a second. Gil. Get another view of Bob's home as he shifts the camera. Oh, very yeah, nice. I got to move Bob around. Bob looks it up. Bob, are you still looking? Yeah, I'm still looking. Okay, well, while Bob looks, I'm going to tell you in my goulash model that, Gilly, I have them down much further, maybe not 22, but I have them down much further than you would be. They're not good on defense, and Kirk Cousins is still the quarterback. Enough said. They're not good on defense. They're really bad on defense. I don't know if I've mentioned the defense. <laughs> I think I, I, I actually can't. Yeah, I, I have them middle of the pack. Middle of the 15th, pack. 15th, yeah. I, there you go. I agree with Bob. Based off of what you said on guessing lines on Monday, I'm not surprised by what you're doing. Yeah, this is all guessing yeah. lines for me. I, when, when we guessed the lines on uh, Monday, not only me, but Kelly was also, Kelly Bidler was, was incredulous at this line. Uh, I thought Minnesota would be, would be much more of a favorite in this game. They're a three-point favorite. As long as it's three, they're absolutely a pick for me. Um, Chris Sims had a very interesting point about Mike White the other night. Which I, which I think he's the only, like, he's the, he seems to me to be the lone voice saying this, which is, 
all right, I got your Mike White. He was awesome through the rain. Nothing bad to say. However, they really, in one respect, did Zach Wilson a disservice because they threw Mike White in against the Bears after trading their biggest players on defense. And so Mike White was allowed to play this defense, which would make him look good. Zach Wilson was not allowed to play against this defense, which would have made him look good. And so here we are. And now what he was saying about the Jets in general, he goes, now you can never go back to Zach Wilson, which was his bigger point. Um, I Listen, obviously we've liked uh, Mike White. He did throw five touchdowns and eight picks last year. I get it. He he threw four of them in one game. So that's a little skewed. But... uh, only three points on the Vikings here. I'm not ready to anoint the Jets quite yet. And I like your point about Sauce. Sauce Gardner for a rookie has gotten a lot of leeway playing cornerback. I expect at least one or two flags going his way this week. Again, the, the, the main reason that I was fully planning to go head-to-head on you on multiple games this week. Yeah. And I backed out and went with that over instead after seeing the officiating. Yeah. That concerns me. Because the Jets are significantly more physical than Minnesota, to Todd's point, because Minnesota's defense is bad that they're not, they can't cover anyone. But I am, that's my only concern as a Jet fan in this game, that Minnesota is going to get a bunch of points in this game on penalties that will get called by this officiating crew that will not get called by most officiating crews. Yep. That is the main reason I did not actually come in here and go head-to-head with you on the Jets with this one. Sauce Gardner, meet Justin Jefferson. And, and listen, the Vikings, I, I don't think they're world beaters either. Either I don't think they're winning a Super Bowl. But they're, they're essentially the same team they've been. It's just that the Plinko chip has gone their way this year. And so I, 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 I'm, I'm giving the three without compunction here on the Vikings. Here comes the first push of the year for anyone. Oh, yeah, we haven't had a push yet. Somehow, our picks have not had a push. That's amazing. That is incredible. Wow. That's a good point. Okay. By the way, Gil, to to clarify, I just looked it up. Yes. Uh, I was having computer difficulties when you asked. I have have the Vikings 25th. Whoa. One one point, (laughs) one point, but but 1.6 points worse than an average team. That's injury adjusted. 25th. 1.6 points worse than an average team. What, What are your top five, Bob, if I might ask? Well, now I have to go back. Oh, to I'm so sorry. <laughs> I li- silly me thought they were listed, you know, in numerical order that they wouldn't be that hard to find. Not numerical order. <laughs> uh, surprisingly, the model still likes Baltimore. Oh, boy. as oh. a top five team. Huh. So now we're going alphabetical. If we're going alphabetical order. I'll give them to you in alphabetical order: Baltimore, Buffalo, Dallas, Kansas City, and Philly. In alphabetical order, are my top five. Okay, so but Baltimore's fifth is what you're saying. They're in the top five. They're in Gil, the top yeah. five. <laughs> so, uh, I think they're, they just find ways to do stupid stuff. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I think what the modelers are, are noticing is the fact the Vikings are bad on defense, but I think the offense is actually pretty good, and that's why I would pu- I would put them slightly more in the you know mid to late teens than the well, than the twenties. Let, let me ask the follow up question. So so Kelly and I had a numbers game like everybody does. We do our power rankings. This year, and this I'm not being prisoner of the moment, and this is factual. This year, we have had the least movement from week to week. We just do the top 10. The least movement in the top 10 from week to week in any year ever, period. Because so many of these teams are actual dreck. They're not good. The middle of the league is soft. So the Baltimores of the world, like, who hasn't had some combination of Kansas City, Philly, and Buffalo as their one, two, three? Who hasn't had... The Cowboys, I'm trying to think, the Niners, 49ers, yeah. the uh, the Ravens, 
and the, you know, as the next group. And then who hasn't had like the Bengals, uh, Dolphins or whatever, like then it gets to start getting a little murky. But essentially every other year, that stuff would change all the time. Not this year. I think there's 12 teams that you can consider for your top 10. And then it falls off. And then it really falls off after 12. I would consider Minnesota one of those, quite frankly, but I guess I'm in the minority here. Look, Minnesota, to me, again, their offense right now is very different because Justin Jefferson is playing at a level that is insane how well he has played the last month. Uh, again, I really, again, I was fully ready to come in here, have the Jets as one of my top three picks today, but again, the, the officiating in that game is going to play a role. Sorry about that Washington Atlanta ending. Man, that was so that was, bad. That was so that was bad, Mariota. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, is that Heineke down on the field? It is. Oh, my. Heineke's out. They're going to have to go to the backup. Who even is the backup now? Well, Carson Wentz is still there, isn't he? It's like a shrill in the ear. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's do the teaser of the week. Bob, we start with you. Two Favorite two-team six-point teaser of the week. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast. To start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, I actually released one this week, but it no longer qualifies. I took the the Raiders plus uh, whatever it was, eight and a half, and the Jags plus seven and a half or eight early in the week, and that is no longer available. So I had to uh, scramble here, and I'm deciding I'm going to go with New Orleans plus, I mean, excuse me, New Orleans plus nine and a half. With the Giants plus eight and a half, and the, the, the Giants have only lost by eight points or more twice, and Washington's only won by more than seven once. Um, that seems reasonable. <laughs> and uh, New Orleans just—they just—they have the same defensive scheme that they've had in recent years with the new coaching staff. So that hasn't changed, and that defensive scheme has given Brady some trouble recently. Um, losing Worfs is huge. He was probably maybe the best offensive tackle in the league, and now he's down. Uh, they're they're down four starters now. The 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 Tampa Bay offensive line. Um, it's pretty easy to scheme against a, a team down four starters. And Brady doesn't like pressure up the middle, and they haven't been playing well anyway. So I just think it's going to be a, a fairly close game. I do think the Bucks defense will step up, and New Orleans is not going to light the light the scoreboard on fire. But I think staying within nine and a half is fine. And like I said, take the Giants plus eight and a half is the other part. Well, you're going to hate me for this, but where do you have Tampa, Bob? Oh, Gil, now I have to go. <laughs> I didn't realize this was so difficult for you to find. No, it's not. Yeah. I just have to, I just have to pull it up on my screen. Uh, hold on a second. Surprisingly, no, they're not that much better than average. I still have about a, about two points better than average, which is puts them in the in that. Okay, that's you know, reasonable. 10 to, 10 to, 
That's reasonable. 10 to 14 range. That's in that, you know, yeah. Because I think their defense is better than it's been. Now, there was another dumbbell of the week potential with Todd Bowles with the way he utilized the clock. I don't even remember the details. Well, they now. didn't let Brady go down at the end, and also, oh, yeah, that I mean, was strange, right? Yeah. They they were like, ah, we'll play for half. Yeah. Oh, we just completed a pass. Yeah, well, very, very yeah. strange, very yeah, strange. That was odd. But a shocking that Todd Bowles, who again was not a good head coach with the New York Jets, is still not a good head coach with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He'll always stunning. Be, he'll always be a Super Bowl champion in the Burgundy and Gold. All right, uh, Todd, your your teaser. I'm going to go with the Ravens minus two and a half. I don't really want to explain why, but I believe they're playing a guy named Hackett. <laughs> so I'm going to take the Ravens minus two and a half at home and the Bengals plus eight uh, also at home against the Chiefs. I think the Bengals are getting their house in order and going for a playoff push now. And, uh, you know, I, while they may not win the game, I think they can they can definitely uh, keep it close against the Chiefs plus eight. Well, I, I guess by the fault, I got to put the Giants eight and a half in there since that's one of my picks. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, oh boy, the second leg is tough this week because a lot of these favorites that are in that range to tease down, there's something that 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 is what could possibly what could go possibly wrong? go wrong with Deshaun Watson's return to Houston. Oh wow, what could possibly? Go I would suggest staying away from. No, that I, I, I'm not doing that. I, you know, I, I, again, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna upset some of the math people here. I'm gonna take Atlanta only to seven here against Pittsburgh. How the Steelers aren't beating anyone by a touchdown, so I'll take Atlanta up to seven as a second leg. Atlanta was a huge consideration for me. In the end, I decided to do something that I know I'll regret and go Seattle and Baltimore. Oh, teasing two favorites now. <laughs> well, that is not the, one, but two. That's the total what could possibly <laughs> go wrong. That is totally the what could possibly go wrong teaser leg. I just, again, hack it, as Todd said, and then I have the Seahawks, you know, laying the point, so I might as well tease them down to essentially have to beat the Rams. Yeah, that, 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 that Baltimore one, even though they there's nothing that Denver has shown that they should be able to play that game closer than a field goal, that Raven team, like I said last week, they scare the crap out of me. They do. They really do. They do. In, in, the, in the negative way, they yes, scare correct, the crap out of correct. me. Yes, no, I, I'm with you. But the thing about Hackett, and again, this is apparently I didn't I didn't mean for this to be the prisoner of the moment themed show today. But do you? Rem- I mean, who has been worse than Hackett through through ten, eleven? Games okay, so of the so so we're this is the we, I'm quantifying all this by the non Urban Meyer division. Yes, because that's Urban, Me- Ur- Urban Meyer is his own category because of the off the field off the field stuff. Stuff, right? Tom Sula is up there. He's up there in recent memory. I mean, Denver's had. I mean, look at the collection of coaches Denver has had since Kubiak retired. Fangio was better. I mean, I, Fangio was better, but he was still bad. Fans Joseph was not good. I mean, it's crazy that Denver again. They have gone since Peyton Manning retired, haven't been able to find a quarterback. They're coaching that Kubiak, who I thought was always an average coach. Is, is Bill Parcells compared to the last three guys they've well, had? We've had at least four Hackett incidents with the with again four. with again the Hall of Famer being your home crowd counted down <laughs> your play clock for you. It's uh, it's Ron Lynn esque. Ron Lynn. Oh wow. How about Mike Tice? Mike Tice. I always used to Mike thought Tice Finkel. made the playoffs. Todd. He was terrible. He made the playoffs. Was, uh, go, back, Ron, go back. Go back. Ron, Ron Lynn was the. Worst in-game coach. So many mistakes. Let let's throw uh, let's throw a fade at the goal line every single time and see if that works this time. I mean, 
they could not score in the red zone. They they made so many mistakes uh, in decision-making when he was the head coach of the Chargers, who were one of the most talented teams in the league and just couldn't win. I know Lynn made the playoffs. Anthony Lynn in the discussion, but but how? Oh, we're, ha- we're talking about Anthony Lynn, right? Anthony Lynn, yeah. too. Anthony Lynn. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, Anthony Lynn is still probably. I mean, he's a Hall of Famer. He's I mean, a Hall. I mean, what Hackett has done with a roster that, again, remember before the season, the Denver Broncos, by the betting markets, were a consensus playoff team, which ended up being obviously very wrong. But they have gone from. Potential playoff team in 12 weeks to, oh, my God, this is an unbelievable all-time train wreck for that franchise. I will say this about Anthony Lynn. Anthony Lynn was also torpedoed by the fact that, like, Philip Rivers would do some dumb shit at bad times in games also. also The the biggest Anthony Lynn thing is is the punctured lung. We would never have gotten Justin Herbert on a field if a team doctor had not punctured to Rod Taylor's long. Not that soon, at least. And and the, not that soon. And but if you watched Hard Knocks, Anthony Lynn had no intention ever of playing Justin Herbert. Not year one. So like the fact that you can see this guy in practice every single day and never consider playing him, yeah, you're like, no, we're going with the know. other guy. Even at one time of that hard knocks, he's like, Oh, the kid has a pretty good throws a pretty good ball. I'm like, oh my God. No kidding. <laughs> so that was kind of bad. Uh where do we go to here? Did I get my teaser? Yes, I did. Um Okay. Which, Favorite to lose. Fa- oh, yes. We get to the final two questions. By the way, do we have any Thursday night football thoughts tonight? Bills, Patriots, real quick. We usually do that at the time. I skip that. We skip that. Uh, all, all I'll say is, before Deion Dawkins was ruled out, I was very much ready to consider Buffalo tonight. Because this has the feel. If it gets, th- gets a three, if it gets you a play th- it? Yeah, it, If it gets a three, I'm, I'm probably going to end up with it. This has the feel of what, remember last year, the first game was that wind ridiculousness where New England had Mac throw three passes and New England out toughed them. Hmm. The second time they played in Foxborough was, I think it was week 17, where we all thought, you and I both thought New England's going to win the game. They're going to win the AFC East. Buffalo's going to have to go through the wild card. And Buffalo went there and beat the living bejesus out of them. <laughs> it would not shock me if that happens again tonight. I think New England's defense just got fat and happy because they played Zach Wilson, Sam Ellinger, Zach Wilson. New England just taking money. Bob, what do you make of this game tonight? I make it three. Make yeah. it three. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, and, and by the way, I don't like to go against Belichick after a bad defensive game. It's true. And there, there's some stats to back it up. Um, under Belichick, when the Patriots have given up more than 28 points, they are 35 and 10 against the spread the next week. And look it up with the post-Tom Brady era, 8-0. 8-0. That's so this pretty is crazy. Hmm. Yeah. Even, and look it up this year. I mean, every time, even, actually, anytime they get up 27 or more in the last two years, I think they're 9-0 against the number the next week in the post-Tom Brady era. So, the one thing that has continued for the Patriots is when they have a bad defensive game, they tend to cover the next week. So I wouldn't necessarily be betting on New England here, but I'm I'm not going to bet Buffalo. All right. Feels in-gamey to me. Probably. Probably. Matthew Judon against uh, a backup left tackle scare, would, would scare me if I had Buffalo tonight. By the way, if Buffalo I, – I, I said this on a numbers game this morning. I have two bets that I made – because of the Chris Mortensen report about Josh Allen's UCL a couple weeks ago. You have a Jet and Dolphins. So I have, right? I have Jets and Dolphins AFC East Futures, which if they get home is complete luck for me because 
I thought he'd be out, Josh Allen. Turns out he's played and has not been as good, so maybe not completely lucky, but I have like the Jets at 20 to 1, the Dolphins at 5 to 1. If the Bills lose this tonight, they'll be 0 and 3 in the division. That is completely bunched up. They will have lost all three divisional road games. That's correct. So with, with the Jets and Dolphins coming up the next two weeks. You're behind an eight ball. If they lose tonight, that's that's big, uh, this ballgame tonight. All right, final two questions, as they have been for every single episode of the uh, Megapod since its inception. First, which of the big favorites is the most likely to lose outright? Your candidates, Cleveland Browns and Deshaun Watson, the return of Deshaun Watson. Seven-point favorites on the road against the Houston Texans. We're talking about outright here. Baltimore Ravens, eight-and-a-half-point favorites at home against the Denver Broncos. The uh, Seattle Seahawks, seven-point favorites on the road against the Los Angeles Rams. And the uh, Cowboys, Sunday night, ten-and-a-half-point favorites against the Colts. Which of those four, Bob, do you believe is the most likely to lose outright? None of them, but if I had to choose one, I'd say Cleveland, because you just don't know what you're going to get with Deshaun Watson. I would think it's a big Nick Chubb game. That's what I would imagine. Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. You know, but it is, it is Houston. The rest of them I certainly don't see losing. So I guess, uh, I guess Cleveland would be the one. It is the Houston Texans as, as handicappers. Some handicappers like to say it is the Houston Texans Super Bowl going up against Deshaun Watson. <laughs> so there is that little element. Todd. Uh, it's the same one I have. Who knows what you're going to get from this team with uh, now? I don't know what the massage capabilities are in that stadium, but I don't know. Uh, I, I think uh, who knows what you're going to get. His first start in 700 days, serving an 11-game suspension for alleged well, he, sexual he misconduct. Says it right there on the screen. Oh, he's played there. What'd you say? I said he knows where the massage room is in Houston. That's right. <laughs> Not from the road team uh, <laughs> locker room. He knows where the home team locker room. Jeffrey. Baltimore Ravens to the Hackett-led Broncos. Oh, because that defense is good. There is, again, I what Bob said is right. I don't think any of these big favorites lose. But there is just, there as I said last week, and it proved out perfectly because the way the Ravens blew that game to Jacksonville was kind of what they've been the whole year. There's something wrong with the Ravens. I just can't, fi- I just can't put my finger on what's I'm with wrong you. with them. I'm with you. Yeah. I think it's Baltimore. Yeah. As bad as here's the thing, you have to deduct two points for Hackett. I mean, look, Baltimore could win this game twenty-one to six, yep, <laughs> very easily. But since I asked the question, I think the answer is Baltimore. Yeah. All right, and then uh, we live in a bizarre world, and you must bet aside Bob on every single one of these games, but you are allowed one free pass. What is the game you want no part of? Baltimore, Denver. <laughs> there you go. Baltimore, you look. I, I was good. Baltimore, Bob, you look good without the glasses. By the way, Bob, Bob stole everybody without the glasses. Thank you. You're very welcome. Todd, what game you want to part of? I, I don't want the Eagles-Titans game. I uh, I don't want Eagles because I feel like they're starting to have some little cracks in the armor. And also, you know, Vrabel can pull something out of his tuchus. But uh, on the other hand, do, do the Titans have enough talent to stay in this game? So I'm going stick, to stick away from that game. Does, does Sirianni uh, annoy you as much as he annoys me, by the way? I think I'm on an island with this. Yeah, I, there are some people on Twitter that are with you uh, on that. I, I love the guy, me. but I, I I can see why he rubs people the wrong way. Great games, though, this weekend. Uh, Todd just mentioning Titans and the Eagles. Actually, tonight between the Bills and the Patriots is awesome. 
49ers, uh, Dolphins, Washington, the Giants, and then the Jets and the Vikings. And of course, what you just said really might be the best of the bunch, right? Dolphins, Niners. That's the, and Cincinnati, and Cincinnati, and, and Kansas, Kansas City. City's wow. awesome too. What a week. No, it, it, on paper, this is going to be awesome, oh. which means the best game of the week is going to be, uh, going to be, be Jacksonville and Detroit. <laughs> yeah. Um, my answer to your question is Green Bay and Chicago. I have, n- they both suck. We have no idea who's playing quarterback for either team. No, thank you. I got one. Monday night football. Okay. Tampa Bay, New Orleans. I want, like, that game I would want no part of. By the way, why isn't Jameis playing? Are we just done with he's never playing again? Forget that. Forget that question. Why is Andy Dalton still playing? I don't care if you play Jameis or Taysom Hill. Similar similar question. Play someone other than that, dude. I just, by the way, I, I fast forward to Monday night. I can't imagine being interested in this football game. Like, I just can't imagine a, a, a matchup that I will be less interested in. I'll probably in-game it, but I want no part of it pre-flop. We've done all we can do. Megapod, Week 13, National Football League. Uh, Jeff Parlay and Todd Wait, Wish- wait, before we leave, before oh, we leave. For heaven's sakes. A 32-yard field goal set up here for the Giants. It's gone! The Giants! <laughs> the upset! Oh, hallelujah! Todd, Todd, when you were a child... Did your mom, like, was there episodes like this where your mom was just like, we've got to make him an Orthodox Jew immediately? <laughs> Is that, was that how that happened? Or did you just, yes. were you born into it? Yeah? Like, My God. I'm just telling you. <laughs> I can't wait now. Uh, and of course, our guests, kind enough to join us on the Megapod uh, every year. And Bob, I'm asked by Kelly uh, to say, will you be on a numbers game at your standard slot uh, tomorrow? 815 uh, Mountain? Yes, yes, I will. Okay. We'll be celebrating a, a 5-2 and two on the season win totals that I gave out yes. on your show before the season started. College football season win totals. Last year, you were like a, a million and zero, weren't you? Like last year was... 11 and zero. Yeah. And this year, I ended up 8 and three. That's <laughs> oh, a nice run. Nearly got the 9 and two with East Carolina. I needed East Carolina to lose. And Temple needed one yard and two downs to pretty much ice that game and didn't do it. So basically, and then East Carolina got the ball back and scored to win. An off so year I for you. Really went nine and two, but eight and three. Would you say that college football season win totals now officially, if you had to say one thing you do better than anything, is that your bread and butter now? Well, I'm fifty-five and twenty-three on those, Gil. Yes, so yeah, so there's your answer. Jeez. Yes. Good God. But that's the beauty of season long, right? You can overcome negative variance. Although in college football, it's harder to overcome negative variance than any sport, right? Because there's only yeah. yeah. I just spend a lot of time working on my team ratings in in the off season. So that you do. I've seen it with my own eyes. He does indeed. Hardest working man in uh, sports handicapping. Doctor Bob at dr bob sports on Twitter. drbobsports.com for all that he does. And by the way, uh, Carl Sack, greatest NBA handicapper out there as well. In the Doctor Bob fold. Give Carl a he's shot. having a nice start to his season, too. He's had a couple unlucky outcomes here the last couple ones. Like, yeah, uh, I think he's, he's still 13 and three or yeah. something, something and the, like that. The Spurs led all game last night, then they end up losing. Yeah, he had that push. Yeah, that push the other night with Atlanta. Yes. with the ball. Yes, and then and then they had to foul at the end. They made both free throws to push. Yeah, you know, Philly made both free throws to push. I was like, ah, oh, it looked like a winner the whole way. He's awesome. Uh, but I think he's 13, three and one, if I'm correct. Even with those, yeah, he's incredible. Even with the yeah, a couple of, of rough ones lately. Thank so you, he's Bob. Having a good start. Thank you, Bob. Appreciate it. Thank you, Todd. Thank you, Jeffrey. Good luck with all your bets this weekend. Week 13 in the National Football League.
What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.